There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to the Balance podcast. Our guest today, Katrina Balfe, star of the uh, global smash Outlander. So in America, Outlander is a huge show. Here in uh, Little Old Blighty, sorry, that was ridiculous. Uh, over here, it's not as big. It's on Amazon Prime Video, which has some amazing stuff on it. I, I'm always plugging Amazon. I promise I don't work for, uh, well, I suppose technically I do because I warm up on back of the net. I'm sharing too much. Um, but anyway, Outlander is on is on Amazon and it's it's a terrific show. And as I say in America, it's huge. And Katrina is is the star of Outlander. However, what we're talking about for much of this chat is the new James Mangold movie. So I suppose you're supposed to, you're supposed to say Le Mans, <laughs> but as a Yorkshireman, I I, I struggle with the. Le... <laughs> I mean, if you're a hardcore Yorkshire, you'd say Le Mans '66, um, but it's Le Mans '66. Now I'm making it sound like it's the word lemon. Anyway. Matt Damon, uh, Christian Bale, and Katrina Balfe star in this true story. And I'm doing you a favour here, guys. It's a, By the way, it's a fantastic film. It is brilliant. But it's a true story. I don't know much about motorsport. I was a sports writer for about 10 years. If there was one sport I would shy away from when it was being divvied up on the desk, it would have been motorsport. I, I could wing it if I had to. But it's not really my bag. So so even me, a non-petrol head, uh, even I thought this film was terrific. But that was also a blessing because I didn't know anything about this true story. And so I urge you, dear listener, before seeing this film, promise me you will not Google a thing. I wouldn't even read a review because some reviews can be spoilerific and... This true story is too good and stays with you too much um, to be ruined by Google. We've all made that mistake, haven't we? Googled a true story, read something that, you know... Mm, anyway, I'll say no more. Katrina is wonderful in the film. Uh, it's a very it, it's a very emotional film. Her relationship with her husband, Christian Bale, it's such a beautiful telling of a, of a, a marriage and... Yes, I enjoyed that a great deal. Um, Bale and Damon, terrific as always. James Mangold, with at the risk of going off on one, up there with John Sturgis in terms of the 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 great underrated 
directors, in in my opinion. Um, Katrina as well is a it's a great story and the things that she's achieved. We talk about as well. Really, really likable. I'll, I'll share with you a true story. It's a bit. Uh, I'm sorry if this is a bit of a crappy. I'm not. In, I'm not showbiz, but this. It anyway. There is a theory that um, everyone in Ireland knows each other. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like low level racism that I've said that. But after the interview, I, I've been friends with Ashling B on the, from the comedy circuit for years and years and years. Um, and I said to Ashling, I just interviewed Katrina Balfe. You don't know each other, do you? And they did. <laughs> So, turns out that particular cliche is true. Uh, anyway, here she is, the wonderful Katrina Balfe. I loved this film so much, and the, the themes of of, uh, of passion and, and pushing yourself and not compromising. And I mean, I'm nearly, I'm genuinely, nearly tearing up at the memory of of, of what it meant to me. So, you know, the, the like the walk I had from the screener back to the tube station. I've just, you know, when a film is like in your DNA is oh, that sort good. of um, experience. How can you just give us a glimpse as to how proud you must be? Because this, to me, feels like uh, one of my favourite directors. I, I think feel I like this is a, oh, an American masterpiece. God. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to see it a couple of weeks ago for the first time, and you know, it's so hard watching yourself in, especially with other people. But I suppose the joy about this film is that you know. The family element and and the rest of it, even though it's so cohesive in the film that Jim was able to put it together. Sure. But there was so much of the film that I was just able to, like, forget that I was in it (laughs) and enjoy this just, as you said, it's just like this beautiful, passionate film about human endeavor, the human spirit and following your dream and also the integrity of passion. I think that's that's one of the most beautiful things about it. And, you know, Jim will say that he is not a, a car racing fan. And that... Really? Yeah. And, wow. and he was like, you know, I don't... Because I, I remember one of our first days on set and I was like, so are you really into like cars? I was like, do you love Formula One? Because I, I quite like Formula One. Right. Um, and he was like, nah, I don't give a fuck about cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, that was... But it was probably the best person to do this film because he wanted to understand what made people so passionate about it. And he wanted to portray that in a way that was about the people and the human drama and their spirit rather than oh my god look at how sexy that car is going you know 180 miles an hour 200 miles an hour and I think that that's what's made it so successful that yes on one hand is this very exciting car racing film but it's really more about the things underneath it that that you know people's passion people's friendship people's um, teamwork and, and ma- you know what makes people get together to do something extraordinary. Now, now I've got I've, I've a whole raft of questions on the movie, which I, I promise I'll get to. But you you bring the word passion there. If there's a um, if there's a theme to your own arc, if you like, it, it's this passion, isn't it? And I you know I understand that there were times where it, it was tough with the acting, and you know that I, you know there's one interview where you said that you were you're almost like a taxi driver to your mates because there was so little work on. But, yep. there's something, but there's something about you that, that stuck at it. Where, where, where did that come from? Because I, I found it so inspiring to the, the more and more that I read. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's, it turns into hero worship this now, hasn't it? You know? <laughs> uh, well, I, it's just what I always wanted to do. You know, I, I just remember from being like ridiculously young, like three or four, 
just being that child, you know, being that annoying child who would, you know, just talk to myself all the time, playing out little characters, doing weird Margaret Thatcher impressions. You know, I just, it was just always what I wanted to be and do. And I don't know why sometimes we're just born with, you know, this person wants to do music, this person wants to do acting, whatever that is. I just was born with that desire. Um, and I took a very long circuitous <laughs> journey to get to it. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think I obviously at a certain point in my life when I wasn't doing it, I came to the realization that, OK, you're miserable. Why are you miserable? Because you're not doing what you love to do and you're not following that passion. And I took a big chance and I, I sort of moved to L.A. and didn't know anybody, didn't know how to get my foot in the door. But. I guess you just have to follow that internal belief that somehow it's going to work out. And I, I I used to say it. I was like, I'm just living in a bubble of delusion until something happens. And, um, and you know, I, I, I'd love for this to be a long and, you know, very, I don't know, fruitful career in that I, I, I'm constantly inspired by what I'm doing. So I don't ever think that, you know, I'm like, oh, here and I've made it. But yeah, I'm yeah. definitely enjoying what I'm doing and that's been such a joy you know we, we all know lots of people who catch a break not just in acting could be anything they catch that break early and then uh, I mean I, I have friends like this and then they get almost burnt out they're, they're jaded they're, they're bored they're sick of it by their mid-20s 30s whereas I think the fact that you, you know you say this circuitous route but I just think that the passion therefore is it's so real it's so organic you strike me as someone who loves it more now than when you started, it can only be a, a great thing, can't well, it? Well, yeah, well, because when I started, it was just an idea, you know. Sure. Now I get to actually do it. And, you know, that thing of going to set every day, I mean, th there's something about the excitement of walking on to a set that just never dissipates. And that's, you know, and, and it's just the, the community of it. I think that's also something that I love. And we always sort of joke on we're just posh carnies because like, we rock up in our trailers. Yeah. And then we take over this space of land or whatever it is. But it's like we're all in it together and you're walking down to set and you say hi to every single guy, whether it's, you know, Jim the Armourer or, you know, Henry SFX or whatever. And you're going along and, you know, they're your people, they're your sure. crew. And, and just the, the community that goes into making this three minute film or three hour film or two and a half hours. Sorry, Jim. Um you know, it's just amazing. It's just every single person's contribution counts and it could never be made without this whole group. And it's just such a, I don't know, it's such a beautiful endeavor. Sure. It's not unlike what this film's about. You know? Absolutely. I think making this film is, is such a, the film is a good metaphor for making the film or vice versa. Absolutely. Whichever way, yeah. And also, you're never going to be that person... There'll be some people that walk out, oh, God, there's the cameras and there's the makeup. But, you know, if you're still that guy that's, that's like, oh, my God, look at the look at the cameras and look at that. You know, there's something magical about that, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, everyone has a day here and there and we can all, you know, sort of bring our shit to set or whatever and get a little bit like, mm. but, you know, I think if if 99% of the time you're still as excited about what you do as I feel, then, you know, that's good. It doesn't feel like work. And, you know, we work long, bloody hours. You know, you do sure. routinely do an 80-hour week. And I know lots of people do that these days. But to sustain yourself and to sort of be able to get up the next morning and be like, nope, ready to go again, you have to enjoy it. 
you know, and you have to be in it for the right reason because the end bits, like, you know, this very cool thing that we had last night. Yes. You know, bringing a film to Leicester Square and, and do all of that, you know, which I've never experienced. And that is very exciting. But that is a 0.01% of what we do. So you have to yeah. love the work and love the journey rather than that bit, you know. It's like the stem on the cherry on top of the... <laughs> exactly. Of I once interviewed uh, Zachary Quinto and he, he was telling me about on a Star Trek movie, the amount of downtime. I think he'd learned to play, I think it was a ukulele or a guitar. Oh, he plays a, yeah, he plays the ukulele or the banjo. That's yeah, it. I think it's yeah, a banjo. Yeah. I think you're right, it is a banjo. Um, what what do you do with all that downtime? Because it's my understanding that it's, uh, Rebecca Ferguson or someone else, she just said it was, I can almost not get my head around it. It, it can be like, like literal days of sitting around and waiting. Well, that's on the big, big movies. <laughs> I think when you're on, when you do TV down in the trenches like us, a lot of the time, there's not that much downtime, believe me. Um, you're like, what? We're going again? I mean, that was what one of the things about doing this film. I was like, oh, right. This is, this is actually pretty easy. <laughs> like, right, sure. Um, but uh, I, I love to read. Um, yes. So I, I, I try and bring books with me. Um I, you know, on this film, I, I try to bring something of the time or whatever I think the character would be reading. So I read there was a uh, Valley of the Dolls 50th edition came out. So Amazing. I was like, I think Molly would have been reading Valley of the Dolls. And so it helps put you in the mindset as well. Absolutely. And so I read that while we filmed that film. Um, and you just talk. I'm a total, as you can tell, <laughs> I'm a bit you, of a chatterbox. You've seen to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> so you, that's the thing. There's just so many great people around and people with great stories. And, you know, the crew have all the best stories because they've worked with everybody and on everything. So you just go around and tell me who's that, what's that person like? (laughs) What happened when you worked on that film? And I love getting the gossip, Um, total gossip. But also with the crew, um, they see people for who they really are. So, you know, you, you do hear these horror stories, but crew... Like any of us, they're going to talk, aren't they? You know, in terms of behaving. Oh my in a, god, I am telling in, you, in a certain way, you know, they have all the info. So. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, the character of, of Molly—it's so uh, beautifully brought to life um, on the page, but also th- thanks to yourself. Um, she's a character that really stays with you, and the the look. I mean, I'm, I'm nearly going again here, but the love between. Uh, uh, you and uh, Christian in the film it's you know it's almost palpable from that first scene together <laughs> this bit You're right. yeah like, <laughs> doesn't say much to get me uh, doesn't say much to get me crying but that that was that was beautiful so what what do you do because i mean i've tried to look for as much as i can about about molly but what information is out there for you to sink your teeth into well i mean probably similar to yourself i you know when i first got the audition i think even before i got the role i started looking her up and there isn't a lot um, obviously she was just the wife of Ken Miles in, you know, in history in, in, in the sort of internet world, there isn't anything really there, but, um, so much. So just purely on the audition, it was just on the page. And I think, you know, Jez and John Henry Butterworth, it felt very, she felt very real on the page. You know, yes. it, there isn't a huge, huge amount, but what was there just felt very honest and it felt like a real marriage. And I, I you know, I love the fact that there was this tender, tender moment. I mean, one of my favorite scenes is when Ken isn't at the race and she comes in with the beer and changes the music, changes the radio. I mean, that scene just kills me. It's just so beautiful. 
So there's the tenderness, but then she's also going to kick his ass when he's not doing the right totally. thing. And so, uh, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I have parents, <laughs> like, you know, we, you see marriages like that. And, um, but then when we, when I got, when I got the role and, and I was so lucky to meet Peter, the real son. Yeah. And I think that that was just invaluable to me because even though this is a very fictionalized version of their, his family and their marriage, he met with Christian and he met with myself and he just gave us all of these just, insights into his parents and who they were and their relationship and it just became so apparent that they were first and foremost great friends and but his mom was a complicated woman and she like many women of that time had to put her own ambitions to one side and she got married and that's it you become a wife and a mom and you know they moved from England they moved from everybody they knew they lived in California they struggled you know money was tight and she was the sort of backbone of that family and kept it all together. And, you know, that that pivotal scene where they're in the car, which I love so much. Well, I mean, yeah, it's but it's what was so great about that is it was about whatever, you know, you're you're a complicated man. You're difficult. You know, you'll fight and you'll get into trouble, but don't be dishonest. And I think that that's something that Jim and I talked about a lot. It's like what we will accept from other people when they're being true to us. And you have to have that in a marriage and you have to have that in a relationship. It's like, I'll let you be the, the every facet of yourself. Just be honest with me. And um, yeah. and that's beautiful. And, and it, it just showed their, you know, at the core, they were just so, they were friends. And this movie is about that. You know, it, it's about people just being honest with each other and showing each other. And it's integrity. I guess, again, it goes back to that word. It's integrity. Um and it was just, yeah, it was it was great. There's a scene in the film that was from my own marriage, and that's probably why I was getting all. But it's when she's pushing him, and she's basically saying, you know, don't fucking don't bullshit don't me. Bullshit just, just me. Be fucking like I'm putting everything on the line for you to follow your passion. Like, you know, we've lost the business. I've been okay with that. We've, you know, we're we're sort of living hand to mouth. But if you're going to do this, first of all, you know. Don't fucking. <laughs> I'm like cursing. No, no, no. But don't mess around and and like you because that's the thing about that time. You know, you tether yourself to the man, and then the security of your family, the success of your family is all in his hands. Which, you know, was an awful lot of pressure for Ken, but it's a very helpless place in some ways to be for Molly, and it's it's that thing of like, I've. I've gone all in with sure. you, with us. So don't let us down. You know, that my future, Peter's future, it's all on the line here. And that that was that was what, you know, so many women across the board were going through in that time period because, you know, I, I it just they didn't have the professional um opportunities that that we have today. You know, if if I'm with somebody and they're not pulling their weight, well, I, you know, I'm an able-bodied person. I can go and look after myself, but that wasn't a possibility then. For sure. Um, also, um, what comes across is it's uh, in the past. I think that role. And I'm not obviously not going to name other films, but that role in the past would have been your tea's ready, or I hope the racing's going well. Whereas Molly's a fully 
3D person, isn't she? I mean... Uh... Well, I hope that's what people take away. And I really think that that's what we wanted to do with her. And I mean, obviously, it's a very male-dominated world. And obviously, it's a very uh, male-heavy cast and all of that. She's but the I foundation think... upon which... He yeah, I think, them. you know, again, it, it started on the page. Jim was so uh, adamant that he wanted to make this something really, you know, full and, and important and have a really important part of the film. And, you know, I didn't want to take it if it wasn't going to be what they promised. And, and I think it was great that they allowed me to do that and they allowed me to sort of bring um, all of that life to her and not just have her as sort of window dressing. One thing you and I do have in common is we're, we're not, I say this with love in my heart, we're not great drivers. So I, <laughs> How dare you? So I, I'm a very good driver. So I only passed my test, I mean, I'm 41, I only passed my test recently. And this is Congratulations. a Congratulations. I mean, thank you. This is a true story. When we pulled back into the centre, the woman, I probably shouldn't say this, but the woman said, uh, Mr Gill, I'm pleased to tell you that you've passed your test. And my, because I... Like a face that cannot lie just came out and I went, you are fucking joking. <laughs> and, she, and she went, why would I be joking? And I couldn't say, because I am consistently a... T- and I just, oh, you know. um, but I understand our, our listeners pr- probably will not know this, but you have an actual certificate to... It's not a certificate. And I have more... I, I got two letters from the California DMV. And it's funny, most people who I know who've lived in California, their entire lives are like, what? <laughs> they do this? So, oh God, I, I, and the thing is, I am a, I am an excellent driver. I have done three different tests in three different places and I've passed all of them the first time. I just, yeah, there was a period when I first started driving in, in California where I didn't really understand some of the. <laughs> some of the rules um i'd gotten a couple of tickets and uh you you get your your citation in the mail and it says pay the full amount and get a point pay a lesser amount and do driving school or i can't remember what the other one is yeah, yeah. and i would always be like well yeah pay the lesser amount and do driving school and send it off expecting to get a letter back being like okay here's where you do driving school which never materialized. And, you know, I was busy driving my friends around doing nothing. So you'd sort of forget about it. And then I, I basically what happened, I just accumulated a lot of points. So I got one letter that said, you may be one of California's worst drivers. And then it was in very typical Californian form. It was sort of this passive aggressive. Oh, I love it. Um, like you should think about what would happen to your life if you could no longer drive. Would you be able to provide for your family? Like it was just so couldn't have been more Californian. Sure. And then I may have gotten another point. And then I got another letter that was, you are one of California's first drivers. But I never had an accident. I'd never, I just, yeah, there was just a couple of, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so so I, I love America. All my favorite movies in America, my, my heroes. Are- cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. 
And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Favorite band ever is Pearl Jam. I, I, I absolutely love America. I'm, I'm guessing you're similar. Mm-hmm. What is it about America that you love so much? Oh, God, it's just, it's such a... It's such a place of, of, I mean, opposites, I suppose, is one way. But I lived in New York for eight years and then I lived in California for almost five. And I don't know, there's a hope and a possibility in America that, you know, on one way, on one hand, I think it is, it's a very, it's sold as that. I mean, this idea of an American dream is is kind of a fallacy and it's more available to some people than others. Um, but definitely when I moved there as a 21 year old, it just, I don't know, it just, anything was possible. And, and I come from such a small place in Ireland and, you know, just the, the, the extravagance of it or the, the availability of culture and music and food and different people. I mean, you know, Ireland's such a monoculture in many ways and and america is just this crazy melting pot where anything and everything goes and just the excitement of that i mean there's an energy there that's really amazing i mean obviously at the moment it's quite tainted and and it's hard to sort of you know reconcile those two things but actually the american people that i've met and i've worked with are just so incredible and you know, California is a very different thing. New York is that amazing, you know, melting pot in such close quarters. And then California is the sprawl, but it's like it's California and it's sunny all the time and people are just happy. And um, I do love it. I really do. And and I think, you know, California or not California, but just America in general. I mean, you travel around the country and it's just it's just a beautiful place. I think yeah. it's got that that pioneering spirit still resides in there somewhere where people just sort of, you know, anything is possible. I remember the first time I went to Times Square, I mean, I was, I was like 21, I think, first time I ever went. But the energy, it yeah. hits you like a truck, doesn't it? In yeah. the best way possible, you know. I mean, just, yeah, Manhattan, I, you know, as a, as a green young little Irish thing, <laughs> you know, just running around and you'd leave your house at like 10 in the morning and just a series of events would happen and it's 3, 4 a.m. and you're rolling in and you're just like, wow, like, I don't know, it's just such a cool place to be. There's something else about you that I, I found very inspiring and something I went through as a, as a freelancer. Can you say a bit about the, the Models Alliance? Because you'd got, I mean, there's no two ways about it, you've got royally, you got properly stitched up, haven't you? I did. I, I got stitched up over my in my time when I was uh, a model, um, as many, many, many girls have. And, and So is this really common then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such an industry. I mean, obviously, I haven't been in the industry in now, God, well, over a decade. So it's hard to sort of talk about something that I'm not in anymore. 
Um, my dear, dear friend, Sarah Ziff, who set up the Model Alliance, um, still is working tirelessly to try and change things within that. Um, and I was talking to her last weekend where she's, you know, she's had legislation passed to try and just have protection for under 18 models, which exists for actors, dancers, but hadn't existed until she got this legislation passed two years ago for models. And it's an industry where people think that, oh, well, they're they're young, they're pretty, they're making loads of money. So why would anyone really need to spend time caring about them? But it's such a fallacy because there's only really 1% that actually make it, make a lot of money. And, and it's just rife with financial, sexual, and all the rest, uh, improprieties, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really sad. And I, it's something I was really proud to be a part of when I was in it. Um, and it sort of stemmed from Sarah directed, uh, with Ola Shell, a documentary about sort of working class models. And I was a producer on it and, um, was part of it as well. And I think we, we did that. We started it in, uh, God, in, in mid 2000s, I think it came out in, Oh, was it 2009, maybe? Yeah, 2009. Um, that's a long time ago. But it was really good that we sort of all got together and started talking about our experiences. And I think that that's the thing that sort of happened now worldwide with the Me Too movement and Time's Up is that so often women were sort of kept apart from each other and told not to speak about what you're earning and don't talk to this girl, don't tell anyone what you're making for this. But once we started talking about it together, we realized just, oh, like we're all being screwed and you're being told one thing and I'm being told another. And and this photographer, oh, everyone has a story about him, but agencies are still ten- sending girls to work with him. So it was, yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs that this is still the kind of stuff that we have to fight. But I was very... I was very proud to be part of that. And I'm very proud to still support them whenever I can. Because um, obviously there's overlap with our industries. But um, but it's really Sarah Ziff who's the, the I don't know, just the, the core, the hard worker behind all of that. There's something powerful about giving a voice to the voiceless though, isn't there? In, it, regardless of the industry. Very much so. I mean, you know, it's with money and power, there's always going to be some kind of impropriety, I think. Um, but you know, the beauty of sort of today's social media or everyone can somehow get their voice heard. You know, obviously that has good aspects and bad aspects, but I I think it's important that, you know, we give a voice to people who traditionally haven't had it. And then those of us who do have a a stronger voice that we use it to amplify the stories of people who aren't getting heard. There's one fact that you'll be a hero in my wife's eyes forever. I'm right in saying that when you grew up, you had very little television. Yes. Now, now in our house, my wife, no TVs in, in any room apart from one room. That's good. She's very, she's very good. We have two young girls. They have to be very careful with screen time and all that. But that, I, I sound like I'm being glib, and I, and I promise I'm not, even though I'm smirking. Um, but that must have had a... a profound effects on you growing up in, in the best way possible I think so yeah I mean we hated it when we were kids because <laughs> at the time it well, wasn't cool then sure yeah yeah um, but yeah my, my little brother sort of started walking with the TV and smashed it and my dad was like that's it but it forced us to go outside play 
you know, daydream, imagine, yeah. read. I mean, I think those are things that, I, you know, I, all my family were all such voracious readers. And I yes. think that that's where it comes from. Because as kids, when we didn't have TV, we, we would go to the library every week. Um, and that would be the thing. You'd go in and you'd get your three books. And by, you'd have read them and you'd change them the next <laughs> week and get three more. And, you know, and I think that that, it, that that's what sparks your understanding as well of other people in other places, like, you know, in a way that just being a passive observer observer of things doesn't always um, give you that as much. I think, yeah, I, I think it's been invaluable that we were given that gift so young. Uh, Emily, I promise the girls will not watch a tablet ever again. Um, <laughs> now, can you please tease us, I know Jen would be thrilled with this, can you please tease us with... Uh, Season five for Outlander, yeah. you know, without being spoilerific. Yeah, uh, well, we just had our last table read of the season yesterday morning. Um, you know, I feel like this is a really strong season. We've really found our footing in this kind of colonial America. The Revolutionary War is on the horizon. Um, and the implications of that are are. are you know, multiple for this family. And it's, and this season is really about how do you protect your family? How do you protect your home when all of these uh, external forces are interfering, I suppose? So that would be my, that would be my little blurb. I mean, it's been, um, it's been such a wonderfully life changing thing, hasn't it? Oh, completely, completely. I mean, I, you know, I, I heard on a Tuesday I got this job and I, was in Scotland on the Friday and I didn't know for how long or that I would still be there six years later. Um, but, you know, it's it's just changed my life in so many beautiful, positive ways. And, you know, I think Diana Gabaldon created this incredible world with her books. And, you know, we're all just the grateful uh, <laughs> parasites who've been living off her amazing creation. Um but it's been a dream, you know, we, we have such a wonderful cast and crew up in Scotland and it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that six years later we're still, we're still making it and we're going to go and do another season after this and maybe more after that. So just, to, just to wrap up, what yeah. else, other than reading, what else do you do for, for balance when you're not acting? I like to go see music. Um, love a good gig. I love to travel. Um, and I, do like to eat and drink a lot. <laughs> what gigs are you talking? Oh, uh, I mean, I the one I'm most excited about coming up is. Um, oh my God, Katrina Balfour, why are you? Fontaine's DC. They're coming back to Glasgow. It's going to be massive. Um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite band at the moment. I'll, I'll check them out. I need to listen to someone else great other than punk Belgium. band. There's also another Murder Capital is another great Dublin punk band. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, they're Amazing. fab. Thank you so much. Thank that you. was brilliant. No, Bless you. Pleasure. Thank you. Huge thanks to the wonderful Katrina Bav Lemo, 66. <laughs> it's called Ford versus Ferrari in America. I wish it was called that over here. Ford versus Ferrari, a.k.a. Lemo, 66, um, is in cinemas today. It is fantastic it's a it's a brilliant film i'm not being paid to say that i promise i i tell you what if there are film studios listening i'll i will happily be paid to say whatever you like within reason um it, it, it is it's fantastic it's one of the it's one of the best films i've seen in a while i i loved it uh if you've enjoyed the pod as ever spread the word tell your friends 
We're across the socials at Balance LDN. Um, I'm at James Gill Comedy. Well, our website is balance.media. Uh, this week, we had, we had Ed Gamble yesterday. This Monday, I'm not going to spoil it, another absolute banger. Uh, huge thanks as always. It means a great deal. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you soon. I've been James Gill. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.